Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk Saturdays at 8 a.m. Sundays at 11 a.m. here on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m. and 92.5 FM. Now here's your host, Jay Garvin. This segment is brought to you by Empire Title, Bill McAfee, your best of the best Colorado Springs Gold winner. Radio listeners, I am Jay, your friend, and for the very first time ever in the studio, I come here with a friend and a guest from the mic spot, Bill McAfee of Empire Title. My friend, I appreciate you joining me right at the onset of the show this week. Not a problem. I am uh, very happy to be here, Jay. You're looking uh, dapper as ever, but not as good as Matt. I got to say that. No, the radio producer, he's got a brand new haircut and a brand new week in January. 2023 is underway. We are already into the third week, and I am Jay. I'm your friend, and you've tuned into the Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, where you and I can spend an hour in one of my most favorite topics at the beginning of the year. And with the drum roll, Matt, I'm going to share with you the real estate and financial forecast for the Pike Peak region for 2023, and none better than my friend and partner, Bill McAvee, to join me in this. We have uh, some statistics and an ongoing wager from 2022 here, my friend. We uh, did a bold prediction as we were coming into 2021, when in the first quarter we were still appreciating at an alarming 14, rate, 14, 14% percent in 15%, percent, yep. depending on whether you talk about average or median. Yep. But in the middle of the year, it's really the story of this conversation today is the tale of two halves. We have the first half of 2022 and then the second half of 2022 where I was bold and uh, predicted that we would still end the year with 10% appreciation. You were much more conservative and said, Jay, I think we're going to be around 8%. And, you know, the bottom line up front at the fourth quarter, December was the first month in years where over a year-to-year comparison, December of 2021 to December of 2022, median and average prices were off like 4%. Yeah, they were negative. They were negative for the first time in in more than four years. So we ended the year average almost exactly at 9%, median at 8.5%. So you have your finger on the pulse of the market. If you're listening, Bill has been in the title business now for 30 years, right? Actually, be 31. 31 years. I've been in mortgage 24 years. I'm a licensed loan originator. Uh, Bill is licensed in continuing education and all things title. And we're going to, first of all, just run Hold on. through. I lied. It's 33. I started in 91. Wow. It took you that long in your head to calculate while I was talking? It, it literally Should've did. should have got a calculator. Well, Matt smiled and I saw a little twinkle in his tooth. <laughs> I thought, we were on a, I thought it was a commercial. I thought it was a commercial there. Hey, quiet on the set. I lost you there for a second, kind Bill. Of, kind of freaked yeah, out. Yeah, Earth to Bill. Earth to Bill. But we're just going to talk uh, yep, a little bit about the review of 2022 because we have all 12 months in the books now. And then we're going to talk about a forecast 
and where we see things going in 2023, and that helps you the most so you can plan for financial stability out there, decision-making, and hopefully the most entrepreneurial of you out there can actually take opportunity of a market. There's always opportunity in the market. There's always opportunity for planning, investing, retirement, budgeting. And of course, you can call me at any time at 719-330-1457 for questions about the show, comments, or even just to have me help you with your next purchase or refinance transaction because my bottom line up front is this is a tremendous year of opportunity for those who can see the market because Warren Buffett says when others are fearful, you want to be bold, and that's this year. But like last year, when others are bold and paying $40,000 over asking price, you want to be a little bit hesitant or fearful. So it's all how you approach the market. The principles remain the same. But going through the statistics, Bill, let's run through the year end, if you would take the mic. Gotcha. You know, um, interestingly enough, Jay, it was like, I agree with you, last year was like two years but it was almost the first three or four months, and then just an absolute slide. You know, when those rates jacked, I mean, we think about starting a year at 3% and, and, and literally ending the year at 75 Exactly. I mean, More than double. Yeah, I mean, it just went crazy. And just for people out there in Radioland, what that did, if you could still afford to buy a $500,000 house, your payments were almost 1000 bucks a month more. In fact, at 75 they were 1000 At 65 it was almost 1000 I think they're around six and a half when I checked a day or two they ago. Are, uh-huh. And so, so to buy that same five hundred thousand dollar house right now would cost you a thousand bucks a month more. If you couldn't, which most people can't, come up in income, you know, to afford a payment, the amount of house you could buy with twenty percent down conventional loan went from five hundred thousand down to three hundred and forty-six. I mean, that's um, unbelievable. That's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of buying power yep. that people lost in the second half yep. of the year just because of the interest rates. I had said over 14 months ago, I think the locals, once we hit 500000 the locals pretty much had been priced out. When I say locals, the Census Bureau, which is the latest data I have, still shows about a 72000 median household income in El Paso County. And once those rates start cresting up into the threes, fours, the locals got knocked out. You couldn't afford that $500,000 yeah, house. the lower in the new yeah. first-time home Well, buyer. and an interesting thing, Jay, I'm watching the foreclosures, and I'm going to freak everybody out. Foreclosures are up like 500%. They're going like, ooh. We went from 100 to 600. Normal would still be 1,000 to 1,500. Yeah. We're not even in the ballpark of where forced closures, even on historic norms, would be. But they did increase. And interesting, a big part of that increase was like the FHA, like the gifting programs, you know, or if you think about that, think of the people who are mostly affected by the increase in fuel price, the increase in food, the increase in energy and utilities. You know, the people who are close qualifying, that affects them huge. So you're seeing an increase in the foreclosures. One of the opportunities, Jay, I'm just going to bring up and tell, tell people out there right now, if you're a buyer in this market and you're a veteran and you can't afford it at six and a half, started a separate company, me and some other people did, called Assumption Solutions. Assumption Solutions. Tell yep. people about that. What it, can you do with a VA loan? Absolutely. They're, they are assumable. And so what happened is, and we got like a bunch in the pipeline right now. now. Yes. What does assumable mean? On assumable the means for somebody that that wants to take over a loan that's already in place. So, so you can buy a VA home, and if you can find a seller that will allow you to assume their VA loan, if you're a veteran out there who has VA mortgage benefits, which means that you are an active duty, you separated with a 
honorable discharge, you're retired, anything like that. You can buy the house yep. and not get a new mortgage, nope. but assume someone else's existing 2% or and 3% and mortgage. I, I can't tell you how many, Jay, we've already closed with anywhere from 25 to 3.5. Is what they're clo- is what we're closing what, these assumptions at more than a dozen? How many have you closed? Uh, well, right now we've got seven in the pipeline just inside that company, and I've closed another probably that many that weren't in that were just separate assumptions that people had found on their own. And that's more than you have assumed in the last oh, decade. That's never. We're going back to the Carter years. When yeah. We so have hold seen that like thought. This. I'm going to take a break here. You're listening to the Jay Garvin Show today. Bill McAfee and I are talking about real estate and financial forecasts in 2023 as we finish the review of 2022. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these important messages. Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back with your home mortgage Jedi, Jay Garvin's. This segment is brought to you by Arrow Moving and Story. Well, welcome back. You're listening to The Jay Garvin Show. We are in the third show of the year, but in front of me right now with a good friend of mine, Bill McAfee, I've got all of the final year statistics real estate-wise in the Pikes Peak region, Colorado Springs, El Paso County. And Bill and I, before the break, were talking about if you're a veteran out there, and this applies to FHA loans as well, but you, when you buy a house, it's a very rare opportunity that you can actually purchase the home and instead of going into a 6% interest rate on your new VA home purchase, you can work with the selling veteran to assume their existing loan, whether it's at 2%, 3%, or whatever. And there's value oh. in that, Bill, and you see that happening Absolutely. for the first time since... The Carter era. Go back into the 80s. I mean, you know where we saw it like this. And I mean, the one weird thing about it is because the market had been so hot, the majority of loans had been uh, conventional because everyone was bidding over the top. And it's not as easy to do with the FHA or VA loans. So well over 50% of the loans over the last six years have been conventional. But still in our market, we're a heavy VA town. So still about 26 to 28% of the loans overlast have been VA. And that's huge. Oh, it's, it's less than 10% in any other market absolutely. than in Denver or in places of Wisconsin or Illinois. It's as low as 3 to 5% because there just right. isn't any military presence. And the excellent thing is, is like it's beneficial to both because you may have a veteran that really wants to sell, and he wants to keep his eligibility. Maybe he wants to go to another town somewhere else and buy another home. And so when we're doing these assumptions, not only 
does the new buyer come in and qualify to take the liability off? So if you don't make the payments, it doesn't go back against the original borrower. And the other beautiful side about that, you can even substitute the eligibility. So if our new veteran buyer coming in has eligibility, we can actually substitute, bring in the new eligibility. So not only does that veteran that's sold keep his, he does not have to worry about the loan because he's off the hook, and he keeps his eligibility, which he can go and buy another with another VA loan. Yeah. So it's a win-win for both parties. And it's a real win-win if you have a military member that came in the first part of 2021 and 2022 and bought that house where now your values are about equal. You do have a little more of a challenge if a vet bought that house in 2015 and there's a hundred grand of equity in it. Yep. That incoming veteran then gets the VA loan at the great rate and the great payment, but they have to come up with that fifty or hundred thousand dollars. I looked over seven deals that we have in the pipeline now, and the least amount the veteran was bringing in was like six thousand, but the most was like sixty. And we had one deal that didn't run through our company that I saw. It was it was a six hundred thousand dollar VA first. The the property sold for nine hundred, so he got a six hundred thousand and brought a three hundred thousand cash to the table. But he's getting a three percent oh, loan. That one was at two point. I think it was at two point four. Yeah, two point four, <laughs> and then crazy. that's that's the sale right there. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Going back to one thing that I did, Bill, as we go through these statistics, and we'll run through it because you're amazing, and I have good bookkeeping. Not now, but I'm going to reference it here. I have December of 2018 with right, me. Right. Six years ago, statistics. And then I also, I'm sorry, five years. And then I've got 2017, which you're right, is four and five years respectively. Because once we look at this forecast and now we're looking back in the review of 2022, the bottom line up front is that we are still in a moderate seller's market. But I predict by my birthday in May, we're officially going to go into a buyer's market. But looking at these statistics here, We've got, well, tell me well, about tell the you, active listings. Uh, here, and here, for just to make it super simple, for the longest of times, sales were increasing at an incredible, the number of sales increased, we were setting record after record. And each month, what was available for sale was going down to lowest levels we'd ever seen. We had less than 500 yes. homes on the entire market. There was months there, Jay, where we would literally start with 1,000 listings. We would have 800 listings come on. We would sell all 800 and another 300, and the next month start with 700. And we were eating up the the intrinsic inventory. It just put so much demand that buyers were willing to pay 50, 70, 100,000 more than list price because Uh there was such a demand and such unavailable of units to sell. Well, what's happened is on long-term running averages, now listings are actually coming up. So the number of listings is coming up and the number of sales is going down. As they come closer and closer together, you're going to see prices continue to ease because we don't have that voracious demand that we had because of the increase in interest rates. And if you're listening, it's a simple analogy that I've used for over five years, supply and demand. If you walk onto a used car lot and there are 20 cars on that lot and 10 buyers or couples walk on, everybody's going to get a car. They're going to be happy. Prices are going to be great. But the dealer is still going to have 10 cars on that lot afterwards if everybody buys. The opposite is true as well. If you've got 10 cars on the lot, what we experienced in real estate in 2020 and 2021, and you have 20 people coming on to buy those cars, Half of the people are not going to get a car. They're going to walk away upset. The other people are going to have to pay 
premium because of supply and demand. And the dealer's going to be doing a dance just like the sellers were because they're going to ask whatever they want, demand the moon, the stars, and the sky. And now that playing field is disappearing and going back to a level playing field. And we've got how many? We had as low last year in January in February, we had as low as 500 homes on the market. Right. How many were on the market at the end of December? Well, about 2,600. I mean, 2,600. Yeah, that, that's about where. Four you know, times the absolutely. low. But also, we're really uh, December, not. December? Oh, sorry about that. 2,000. 2,000. 1909. 1909, 2,000. But you and I both said you're not going to be at a level buyer and seller market till we have like 3,000. Yes. And so, like I'm telling you, and I know. I, 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 I don't think we're going to hit a buyer's market by your birthday, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you why I don't. The inventory levels, and that's that the formula that I do that measures demand and supply. What percent is being sold and all of that. Yeah, you know, in other words, how long would it take to burn through the entire MLS? So it's, I, I rely on this for investing in for a title. We're at about 1.84 months. Of inventory. Of inventory. And about, I used to say five to six, but I think the world changed a little bit after COVID. I think that normal range is four to five months. We're not even two yet. And, and I think equilibrium will be around that four to five. I, I don't know how fast we're going to hit that. What I will say, even though I think it's the seller's market, it's not anything of the seller's market it was. It's not going to be, you know, you put the listing in on Thursday, you get 25 offers over the weekend, you sort them out, and do you'll pick one on Monday. I'm talking to agents out there putting in five $600,000 listing, and they don't get a showing for a couple weeks. They don't, um, but also it's important to state, you've been in the industry for 30-plus years. I've been in for 25 years. I have never seen an over-asking bid no. offer in my tw- quarter of a century in the industry. We saw it once. It's gone. I don't think we'll ever see either. it again. Not like ever. That. We saw a market that was unreal. You know, when you're appreciating at 18.6%, three is normal. We were going at 18.6%. From 20 to 21 was 186 that's just, I mean, yeah. think about that. You buy a $500,000 house, it's almost worth six hundred By the end of the by year. By the end of the year. I mean, that's crazy. And you didn't do anything to it. Nothing. Yeah. No, in, in fact, you had wear and tear, and you didn't have to fix up no, anything. You didn't. And, and, and that we're going back to what's wrong. I, I tease when I do my classes. It's like we've been drug addicts and alcoholics for the last couple of years. Yeah. We're going to have to get sober. We are. You know, you're going to have to do open houses again. You're going to have to walk neighborhoods again. You know, it's not going to be easy. Jay, the inventory levels right now, we got down to a, at one point to 0.6 months of inventory. In other words, we didn't. So, And, and what that said is, is basically we would sell off everything we had in the MLS in six days. That's how low. We're, it would take us about two months right now. But during the Great Recession, Jay, it would have taken us nine months to burn through the entire inventory. Uh-huh. And so I, I'm saying that we're not going to have uh, the market. Uh, it's it's going to be sellers. We still have need, and I still believe we're short in, in primary resale. Um, you know, uh, Tatiana Bailey said that. Ted Jones, our chief economist, has said that. But we're nothing in the market like we were. It's totally changed. We're going back to what's about normal. Days on market is 41 days. And people are going, oh, my gosh, it takes 41 days. February of 2015, it was 110 days, and 60 to 80 is normal in our market. Yeah, 60 to 80 is absolutely healthy where you can have buyers and sellers that work together. So in the last two minutes, let's spend time because we know we had about an 8.5% increase, but the second half of the year was flat. Let's spend the last two minutes 
you talking about what you see in the gotcha. forecast for 2023. Well, here's, and I think this would definitely be a macro view, but I don't see energy prices getting less. I don't see food prices getting less. I just don't see anything getting less in the near term. Eventually it will because people are going to stop buying, and you're seeing that. So some things are, but in the near term, next six months, I think that we're going to continue where we are. I think prices are going to continue to come down with the rates being even at six and a half to bring the the locals back into the market, prices still have to fall. They do. So I think you're going to fall. My projection is, Jay, I'm going to say next year I think we'll be flat. So when we compare 22 to 23, I think it'll be flat. It'll be literally the same. Yeah. And so, But what you're saying is from 21 to 22, it was about 8.5%. I think from 22 to 23, it'll be zero. And before that, it was 19%. Which is crazy. And before that, it was 17%. Yeah. No, it's crazy. The last two years before that, you average them out, it was 15.7. It's crazy. And so, so my prediction on prices, I think they will continue to go down, continue to correct. I think when we compare 22 to 23, I'm saying we're going to be. I think it's just going to be flat. I don't. I think we'll give up this eight and a half that we had last year. I think we're going to go back down to zero. And okay? don't forget that because that equates to a buyer's market. So, Bill, yeah. thanks so much for coming in, spending two segments talking to the radio listener. And don't go anywhere. I'm going to talk about how you can take this and plan accordingly with financial stability in your family and a little opening for opportunity. You're listening to The Jay Garvin Show. We'll be back after these important messages. The Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back now. Here's Jay Garvin's. Hey, where's the beat? with me there's a first for every jay garvin show in over 500 shows in 10 years that's the first time i introduced and launched the show with a very good friend and partner of mine bill mcafee one of my best friends he and his wife started empire title he has more knowledge in the industry of anybody else that i know and for him to do a bold prediction that 2023 will be absolutely flat on home appreciation. His prediction here in January of 2023 with 11 and a half months to go that houses will maintain their value but they will not appreciate turns the conversation into the transition towards a buyer's market. Now, if you're tuning in for the very first time, I'm Jay Garvin's. I'm a licensed loan originator. I'm an investment property purchase investor myself. My wife and I, as of this morning, have nine properties, one that we live in and eight that we have as second homes investments. All of my properties that I have in my portfolio, I either do a short-term rental, Airbnb, corporate rental, or long-term rental. The bottom line is that this is a tremendous year for buying opportunities with houses being more affordable, and I tell people all the time, you want to marry your house, that contract, buy the house, 
keep that house forever. Marry the house, but date your rate because the only reason that the housing market is the way it is right now is the interest rates. And the only reason the interest rates are the way they are right now is because we had more than two and a half years, starting with President Trump, going all the way aggressively into the first two years of President Biden, but more specifically the Congress, the Democrat-controlled Congress, literally printed more than five trillion dollars of money never been done in the history of united states financial past and with all of that money flooding in to the economy into the market it loses its intrinsic value and therefore you see a dozen eggs go from a dollar a dozen to three dollars a dozen now you add legislative agendas behind that like cage-free eggs and everything that's why a dozen eggs in Colorado right now is $6. That's just one example. Fuel, energy, building materials, substance to live. All of that has increased in price. Inflation is set before us for the first time in over 40 years since the 80s. And the only tool that the federal government, the Federal Reserve, which actually isn't federal and it's not a reserve, this organization has to do its best to tame inflation is to increase the cost of lending, to deter people from having the addiction from buying things or spending. And it's a recession that we're heading into, and a recession is a great thing, just like a diet is a great thing. I tell you, in my mortgage industry, we had record years in 2019 and 20 and 21 with the number of clients, the number of loans, and revenue. But 2022 was a slower year, revenue, client, and the number of loans that I helped you with, than even 2018. Now, isn't close to 2008 when everything virtually just stopped for like 16 to 18 months from 2008 all the way through the middle and end of 2009. But there was a huge adjustment in 2022. Now, because Bill McAfee, the owner of Empire Title, who just left my studio, said, Jay, we become so addicted, a comparison of drinking, of just overdoing it, that we all have to go through a financial sobriety. But we still ended the year with between an 85 and 9% appreciation on your property, whether you look at the average increase or the median. The average just takes all the sales and cuts them and divides them, and it's a number that dramatically shifts from month to month. The median price of a home is when you knock out the very low sales, the very high sales, and you take a more realistic slice of value in the market. We still went up 8.5% in appreciation last year. That's still 2.5% above the 20-year average, which is 6%. Now, because we had more than 15% appreciation in 2021, more than 15% appreciation in 2020, it doesn't alarm me that Bill McAfee makes a forecast that we're going to be flat. A house that's worth $450,000 at the beginning of this year is going to be worth $450,000 at the end of the year. Now, if you bought that house in 2012, you're still up a lot of value or equity. If you bought that house in the fourth quarter of 2021 or 2022, there's some concern. But I've always taught you from this microphone in this radio studio that real estate is a long-term play. People would tell you the same thing in the market. 
the traditional market. The biggest thing is that where the stock market is like a bubble and the whole thing can pop like it's done in the past, like it did during COVID, real estate is like bubble wrap. You can have a community like Colorado Springs that continues to be stable. And my prediction is Colorado Springs is going to be one of the most stable real estate markets in the entire state, with the exception maybe of Pueblo. I'm looking at articles right here by viable sources, my friends, that say, okay, let's forecast what we're going to see in appreciation in 2023. Bill McAfee said zero. In this firecashbuyers.com, they see Denver as even to 1% appreciation. Boulder is actually going to contract, lose value of 1% or 2%. Fort Collins may go up 0 to 1%. Grand Junction, 2%. Glenwood Springs, less than 1%. Durango, 2%. Colorado Springs is per still predicted to increase 2 percentage points. The only three communities, Canyon City, Edwards, and Breckenridge, are looking to appreciate equal to Colorado Springs. So it's a whole different story in Peoria, Illinois, where there's been no appreciation for the last couple of years, and it's going to continue to decline because of the surrounding economy. Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, another one, great opportunity where you can buy a house for under $200,000, but you're not going to see appreciation. I pivoted away from St. Louis, where my son is attending Washington University, Wash U, he's now got a plan to graduate early. So I'm like, I'm not going to buy a house. And that Midwestern, moderate economy, moderate growth town is going to be far different. You're still going to see appreciation in Florida. You're still going to see appreciation in Tennessee. You're still going to see opportunity and appreciation in Missouri, in areas like that, in vacation areas where you've got lake homes and mountain cabins. Those are going to be very, very different than places like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Memphis, Tennessee. Colorado is still a very, very strong market. Colorado Springs is a center point of that with the Pikes Peak region, where you have people fleeing areas like Washington State, Oregon, California, even Nevada now. Arizona is overpriced. So as long as we have a stable economy, which is in question, very much in question when you have Denver and the left-leaning legislative body that continues to pass more and more encumbering laws like the increase in energy costs, the increase in commodities with the tomfoolery that they're doing with eggs and all of those small things matter because those small decisions, those microeconomic decisions affect and for us locals here in Colorado Springs, about a half a million dollar house is about what our median income of $72,000 for a resident makes. Houses will come back to bear what the buyer is willing to pay. And as our supply increases, that is an opportunity to take a deep breath and have hope and have optimism for home ownership for you in the future, but Come on, a majority of us are homeowners. It's our adult children that I'm now planning for. We've already purchased homes that they may reside in by 2025 or 2029. I just have a son turning 20 and I'm putting a house in his name. And that was a house that we bought for $200,000 and now it's a $400,000 home. So you have to plan ahead. 
So please take the time to call me at 330-1457. Of course, area code 719-330-1457. I can help you get certified with Churchill to see what you or your adult child, your daughter or your son or your friend or your neighbor or your coworker will walk you through the process of debt-free home ownership in a questionable environment where consumer sentiment is down, inflation is up. You need somebody that you can trust. And I've been at this microphone for 10 years. I want to educate you and not sell you, add value. So call me, 719-330. And this is the last offering next week, the 31st, 10 days from now, the 31st of January. I am having my first investment property class of the year. You just call. It's a $95 value given to you absolutely free, complimentary. There's only four more seats left. Very small venue, less than 15 people in the room, 719-330-1457. Don't go anywhere as I continue the conversation with you about real estate and financial forecast 2023 right here on the Jay Garvin Show. Now the race is on and here comes pride in the back stretch. Party going to the inside. My tears are holding back there and trying not to fall. My heart's out of the running to the scratch for another thing. Race is on and it looks like heartache and the winner loses The Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back with your home mortgage best friend, Jay Garvin's. We want to pop you up. for sticking with me. I'm Jay Garvins. You're listening to The Jay Garvins Show. And the entire hour today, I'm talking about real estate and financial forecasts going into 2023 so you can start to lay the foundation for good financial decisions in 2023. And as I stated at the beginning of the recording here, podcast radio show with Bill McAfee, 2022 is really the story of two halves. The first half of the year was very much still chaotic, people asking over asking prices. In 2021, I paid over asking price for a house. But in 2022, I got one actually below asking price in Tennessee, purchased a house for $375,000 in a neighborhood where none of them were under $600,000. Very simple, two-bedroom, one-bath house, rented it, and now have a stable investment. This year... The second half is a much better prediction of what we're going to see in 2023. In the second half of 2022, we saw inventory, the number of homes available, climb. The number of purchase transactions fell. In fact, in December of 2022, the number of houses sold was down 16%. Inventory level was up 186%. 
and we're going to see more of a balancing act going into 2023. It brings it back to a much sharper conversation about all neighborhoods and zip codes are not created equal. Because where Bill McAfee predicts that house values across the board in the Pikes Peak region, El Paso County, the greater Colorado Springs area, however you want to refer to it, will be flat, which means if generically if you look at the entire county, the entire city, the entire Pikes Peak region, a house that sold for $450,000 in December of 2022 will sell for $450,000 in December of 2023. I don't completely agree with that, but I don't completely disagree with that. Because it's going to break down the same way it has over the last five years, where if you buy west of I-25, anything in Rock Rim, anything in Old Colorado City, anything in Pleasant Valley, anything in Ivy Wild, anything in the Broadmoor, I, I agree with everything with the exception of the Spires, which is way down south by NORAD, you're not going to lose any value. You're still going to see a 4 to 7% appreciation. I firmly believe that. But in 80911, 80909, 80916, kind of along the South Academy corridor, you're going to see all those houses that oversold, people are going to be upside down. A house that was $410,000 in 2021 is going to be 330000 There's going to be a 6 to 8% loss because those aren't the most advantageous places to buy. The Old North End. Old Farm, Divine Redeemer, all of these neighborhoods that you, a local listener, knows, those are going to be pockets of appreciation. I think anything around Memorial Park, anything in University Heights, all of these different areas are going to show strong potential. But for every area that shows strong potential, you're going to have areas that the prices seem affordable, but you're going to find that there's some questionable posture in the neighborhoods themselves, in the school districts themselves, in the location of the home on a busy street itself. There's not a broad brush that can be swept across the city. In 2021, it didn't matter where you bought. You were going to make money. But if you don't look where you're buying in 2023, it's the difference between making a sound investment and making money and having appreciation and having something that is worth less 12 months from now from what you buy it for today. You do that by calling me at 719-330-1457. Gone are the days of your Redfin or your Zillow Realtor, because they don't know what the hell they're doing. You need someone that's proven in this market, like a Justin Hermes, a Mark Solace. The list goes on. There's a 4,000 agents, there's only going to be 2,800 this year because so many are not going to renew because it's a tough market. But you still have agents, and like me, you have mortgage lenders that are in the community, and I can help you with the loan with no problem at all. A monkey can help you with the loan. But planning will give you some financial stability and even opportunity. And some of the predictions is that we've still got less than two months of inventory so it still is a moderate seller's market. You have to beware. This is where your friendship, your partnership plays a role in decisions that not only you make, but your adult children make. If you have anybody that you know that's buying a house in 2023, there's no downside for you sharing my number, 719-330-1457. I can't predict who they are without you contacting me. Just call me, and I can provide them with 
great information that will help them make a better decision. See, because building starts are down. That's going to help with less new homes being built. That's going to help the sellers keep inventory down. The buyers want as many builds out there as they can, so there's more to choose from and there's a more level market. But the bottom line is this. There's no sign of a crash. We're only going to have some slowing in the market, and real estate is one of the oldest investments of all time, and you can't go wrong as long as you are playing the long-term game. So call me at 719-330-1457. Hopefully this was helpful for you. If you have any interest in investment property ownership at all, I want you to call me at 719-330-1457 or go to churchillcolorado.com. Look for the local Colorado Springs team. Click on my happy little face and you can get onto my calendar. And again, the last opportunity here to sign up for my investment property class Tuesday the 31st of January 6:30 p.m. four positions left $95 value open to you for free but you have to call 719-330-1457 like I state at the end of every show go grow and prosper tell someone close to you that you love them because that's all that matters in the end and have a great week and I'll chat with you next week same time right here on the Jay Garvin Show. The proceeding was a paid program on KRDO News Radio. KRDO News Radio does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of the information contained in this program. And the views expressed do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff and management of KRDO News Radio. Radio.